Welcome to Wellness Wednesdays with me, Recovery Ray, brought to you by Balance Period. It is a blessing to be back with you today. Took a week off, primarily because I was traveling, so it is difficult for me to get these recorded when I travel on Wednesdays. Last week, I got the opportunity to go to San Antonio, Texas, and to cheer on my niece. Shout out to Ayana. She graduated with a degree in sociology from the University of Texas in Austin. So shout out to her. Congratulations to her. And I'm glad that I got the chance to go down there, spend some quality time with my family and to uh, celebrate her a little bit. So now that we're back, I'm really excited for today. I'm going to be breaking down my WHOOP data. Normally, I do that the first Wednesday of every month, but last week I took a break. So we're going to be going over my WHOOP data, sharing with you the updates that have been happening with me internally throughout this last month of training for this 50K, how things have adjusted. We'll also be breaking down the article from this week. This week's article came from Very Well, and it was talking about sleep and its connection to our mental health. The month of May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so each article for this month will be focused on mental health and various different ways that we can go about enhancing the quality of our mental health based on our mindset and the habits we practice. If you recall, last week's article was on eating fried foods and the impact that that had on our mental health. It actually was linked to us experiencing more anxiety and depression. I think the headline was like, French fries cause depression, right? That's is not necessarily right directly correlated between French fries and depression, but depending upon the conditions that your body is in, uh, it definitely can have a negative impact on our mental health. So keep that in mind, right? What we consume matters and that impacts how our mind feels and functions. So before we get rolling into today's episode, I am going to take us through a mindful moment. All right, we're going to do three deep breaths together. I want you to really focus on making your exhale longer than your inhale as you take these three deep breaths that will calm your central nervous system down, help you relax and rest in this present moment. After the third breath, we're going to sit in stillness for just a moment. I'll guide us through a brief awareness practice, and then I'll dive into today's episode. All right, remember our posture is important. You want to sit upright yet relaxed in your posture. I'll count us down three, two, one, and we'll get started. Three, two, one. Take the first deep breath. And another. And one more. Allow your breathing to return to its normal pattern. Now notice the contact that your body is making to the surface beneath you and really feel where those connections are being made. On your next exhale, I want you to allow the muscles of your face and forehead to relax. And notice any sensations you feel in your face and forehead. Now on your next exhale, I want you to allow the muscles of your neck and shoulders to relax. Notice any sensations you feel there.
Now, if thoughts arise, things that happened prior to this moment, I want you to just allow them to pass. And if thoughts arise of things that may happen after this time you're spending here with me today, I want you to allow those to pass as well and bring your attention to the sensations you feel as you breathe. If your eyes are closed, slowly begin to blink them open. Welcome back. So not only did I want to incorporate moment for you to really pay attention to anywhere you might have had tension in your body, which we really focused on the face and, and neck and shoulders, but also wanted to incorporate a, a, an exercise that definitely helped me along my journey of cultivating mindfulness, of noticing where my thoughts were going. And I know personally my thoughts at one point in time they would be really rooted in things that happened in the past. And as time progressed, and I was a mindful moment reminder going off. <laughs> as time progressed, then my thinking started to go more towards the future. And so in those moments where you're pausing and breathing, notice where your mind goes. Notice if there's any pattern in the thoughts that do cross your mind and realize that you get an opportunity through practicing mindfulness to allow those thoughts to be and to not attach yourself to those thoughts, but to allow them to pass. Our thoughts act more like a flowing stream. And if we don't engage with our thoughts in a way that is us holding on to them or immersing ourselves within them, then they'll pass and another thought will arise. So one of the things that helped me was imagining when a thought arose to embrace it, so to acknowledge it, right, for what it is, kind of like giving it a hug and then letting it go. So you get an opportunity to engage with it, but you're not holding on to it. And that practice in and of itself can completely transform the relationship that you have with your thinking and know that we become what we think about most of the time. So when we change the relationship with our thoughts, then we'll create an environment where we'll be thinking about things that are aligned with who we want to be and the things that we want to accomplish. And ultimately, that will impact that actualizing itself in our lives. All right. So let's go ahead. Let's dive into the mindful reflection for today. The question from this week's Balance Period newsletter. If you're not subscribed yet, go to our website, balanceperiod.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom. There'll be a space for you to put your name and email. Or if you would like to tap in through any social media platform at Balance Period, check out the link in our bio. It is our link tree. And that's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash balance period. Click on that in the education portion of that link tree. You'll see, I believe it's like a resource library is what is named. Click that. It'll take you to where these are housed and you can subscribe that way. So this past week was volume 123. And the mindful reflection question was, and actually it was more like a fill in the blank, right? Statement. So it was, if I could talk, to my teenage self, the one thing I would say is dot, 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 right? Fill in the blank. What's the one thing I would say to my teenage self? Multiple things come to mind naturally, and that might be the case for you too. So let's do our best to narrow this down to one. And I also want to mention, feel free to drop it in the chat if you're here with me live. And if you're listening to the replay, go ahead and add this to your Twitter, right? And tag hashtag balance period on that post so that we can see it. 
But the question again, or the fill in the blank is, if I could talk to my teenage self, the one thing I would say is, and I actually mentioned this a moment ago, but the thing I would say is you become what you think about most of the time. And I got that, or I heard that for the first time. I was listening to Earl Nightingale's The Strangest Secret, I believe is what it's called. And you can either put that in Google or put that in YouTube. I know there's a YouTube video. That's how I remember watching it. But that's what it boiled down to saying, right? We become what we think about most of the time. And I think right, my teenage self might have not known how to process that, which I think is fine. To me, I feel like that would have just planted a seed for me to pay closer attention to what I was paying attention to, right, internally. And I think that is key, that is very vital. And for me to understand that what I invested my thoughts towards had an impact on what actually manifested itself in my life, at, at that age, I mean, who knows what would have happened for me to understand that, you know, earlier on than I think when I first heard that it was, I was probably about 24, 25. So that's what I would say to my younger self. You become what you think about most of the time. And I know for me, it was a toss up. I know I said, just pick one. It was a toss up between that and you don't have to be perfect to be great. But I think with the context of today's conversation, uh, the, the first one made the most sense. So that's what I would say to myself. If I could talk to my teenage self, the one thing I would say is you become what you think about most of the time. Are you interested in getting early ad-free access to each episode of the Balance Period podcast? If so, check out our Patreon page. There, you'll find multiple membership options to choose from. Each membership option comes with its own set of perks that range from exclusive content to discounts on mindful merch. Join today by visiting patreon.com forward slash balance period. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash balance period. We look forward to welcoming you into our community. So let's go ahead and go to the check-in. The check-in for today is going to be my Whoop data. So let me go ahead and share my screen so you all can see it. And we'll go ahead and talk through the data here. Now, I'm like I said before, I'm excited for this because I've been training a lot. I've been running a lot and I've really been interested in how my body was adapting to the strain that I've been putting it under. And, you know, those, these last couple months, my focus has really been sleep, right? My sleep performance, keeping it at above. Remember from what we learned a couple months ago, my recovery was a lot higher when my sleep performance was above a 79%. So I was looking to keep it at around 80. So we'll see. And as you can see, right, my sleep performance for today was at 89 turn up. I've really been, really been locked in less than a month away from this 50K. So I'm really doing my best to keep myself accountable here. All right. So let's go ahead and talk through this. Once it loads, it might take a moment. Now, I'm going to zoom in just a little bit so we can see it a little bit better. So we see here that month over month, my sleep performance went down. So it went down 3%. My restorative sleep went down by 18 minutes, right? Now, when I originally saw that, I think it came, like the first thought that came to mind was, oh, no, you dropped the ball here, right? Like you fumbled the bag, <laughs> you messed up. And as I continue to work through this, I'll kind of highlight some of the, the value that came from last month, right? Also putting it into context, last month I ran the two longest distances that I had ever run throughout this training program. So I really pushed my body. I really put it under some immense strain 
by running that 26.2. And then I had a four hour run where I ran about 23 miles, right? So as you can see here, I did a good job throughout the month keeping my sleep need or the hours of sleep that I got uh, close to my sleep need. There were a couple of times where there were some big gaps here. As you can see, let's see, that was going like Thursday, going into Friday, Saturday. Normally my big runs are on Sundays. So I'm doing a good job after those Sundays, right after those runs to really focus in on getting that sleep as close to my sleep need as possible. That's normally where my focus is. Here's also a breakdown of my restorative sleep. So the combination of my slow wave and my REM sleep. Now here, as you can see, my numbers of activities went up just slightly, right up to 70. Um, 18 runs I got in last month. That was also a perfect month. That was, I think, the first time throughout my whole training program that I, I actually ran every planned run that was offered to me by the Run With How app. So I did a good job of staying in alignment with my training program last month. Um, let's see, my total duration went up. Like I said, I did my two longest runs uh, to date. So it makes sense why that went up a little bit. Um, and then my average, of course, that would go up just a smidge too. Here, training intensity, we see I spent a lot of time in the 70 to 79% of my heart rate zone, which makes sense. That's generally where I stay when I'm running. Uh, but as you can also see, right, on some of these longer runs, I definitely get up to that 80 to 89, which is okay too. I'm actually glad to see that I'm not peaking out, right? I'm staying at a sustained pace for me. And that's keeping my body at, a, you know, a level that is something that I can keep up with and something that I can do for a longer period of time, which is what I'll need for the race. So shout out to my training program for helping keeping me right in the proper zones here as I'm running. All right. So strain over last month, you can see that my strain actually was a little bit lower. And I believe this is the case because I really prioritize not doing anything on the days that I was resting. So even though I would run super long, as you can see right on Sundays, I would tend to give my body like here, it's like barely any strain, right? Barely any strain. So I was really trying to ingrain days and moments throughout the month where I was just relaxing so that it could offset the amount of strain I was putting my body under. Here, as you can see, there are three days that I was in the red. And as you also notice, all three of those days were on Mondays. So they came after these long runs that I would do. And if you also take a look, this one came after I was in the yellow, did a long run, woke up in the red. And then it happened another, you know, one more time where I was in the yellow and then ended up waking up in the red. So it's okay. I think that's just, it's a part of the process, right? It's a part of my body getting broken down so that it can rebound, right? It can heal, it can recover, it can refresh itself. And, you know, I'm grateful that my body does bounce back because it doesn't always feel the nicest when you wake up in the red. You definitely feel different. At least I normally do. I can tell before I look at my whoop that mm, my body's still recovering today. So I'm gonna need to take it light. My sleep performance here, as you can see, you know, it was down, as we talked about before, by three points, three percentage points. So I was at a 79, which that was like the threshold to where it's like anything below a 79 is really impacting my recovery. But 79 and above was good. So I'm grateful that I was able to kind of keep it at a state that was, you know, in my body's best interest to maintain a high level of, of recovery throughout the month. Now, for me, this was the most interesting aspect of all of this, right? We had talked about before 
this training behavior for since I started the program the end of January. I've really just been in this overreaching state as it relates to my training behavior. And so the fact that over the month of April, even though my sleep performance was down a little bit, right, even though I had less restorative sleep, I was in the optimal range as it related to my training behavior for the most amount of time that I have been throughout this whole training program. So I was proud of myself to see that, right? I pushed myself harder than I ever had but I also was balancing that out with recovery. And there were a couple of things that I did to recover. One, I went to see my chiropractor. Shout out to Dr. Lauren Harden. I'll definitely be seeing her before the race and probably post-race too. And then I went to, to float. So I did some float therapy. Shout out to a place to float just off of downtown. I have one more float, so I'm looking forward to getting that done uh, this month prior to the race too. But I, I was more intentional about that, right? Not only my my naps, right, and just resting in general, but also integrating a couple additional modalities that I hadn't integrated into my workflow, or I should say my training flow prior to last month. So glad that that showed, right, in the fact that my body was operating out of its optimal state for longer than it had ever been. And this was just the balance between my strain and my recovery throughout this training program. Now here, as you can see, you know, my HRV went down a little bit and my resting heart rate went up a little bit. For me, it's okay to see shifts like that. It's all relatively consistent. I'm not seeing big swings. I'm hoping that after this month, so when we do this review next month, it actually will be after the race had already taken place. But I'm looking forward to see how my body bounces back throughout this month of training as I kind of taper down and taper away from these longer runs to prep for the race, uh, just where my body will be and where these numbers will look like, right? Where will my HRV be? Where will my resting heart rate be by the end of May going into June? All right, and here are these training behaviors. These are the positive and negative behaviors and activities. So as you can see, stretching is still high for me. Uh, sleep above 90 or 79%, which we talked about before, is still high for me. Work calls, shout out to work, uh, you know, fulfilling my purpose, right? Taking action toward these goals that help me bring about what I feel like my purpose is in life. Those things fuel me from what I see with this information here. So I'm definitely grateful that I get to engage in that on a consistent basis. Um, and then you see plus 15 strain has the most negative impact. Can't help that when I'm doing all this running. Cold showers, it said it has a negative too. Yeah, I'm not 100% on that one. I feel like I, I normally take cold showers after runs in the morning. So we'll see if that ever changes. I feel like cold showers, they're beneficial for me, you know, when I experience them. But it says that, it, that it's having a more negligible, that's the word, negligible impact because it's not red. It's just kind of grayed out here. I feel a positive impact from experiencing that, but it says that it's having this impact on my recovery. So I'll keep that in mind. All right. So I'm gonna go ahead and stop sharing. That was my WHOOP data from last month. I'm feeling good. I hadn't talked about this yet because last week was my official first, you know, my official start to this. But I recently started my new role as the internal operations and strategy leader at Call for Culture. So I'm excited for that. Uh, I have been alluding to it these last, you know, few weeks, last month, I was saying, you know, my occupational health and my occupational environment is shifting and changing and and I'm grateful that I'm I'm fully walking within this new role getting an opportunity to leverage the skills that I've developed over these last few years as being a business owner 
and you know a small business consultant and now i'm able to bring that to an organization that is truly making a difference in our workplaces and spaces are becoming more human centric and being you know a healthier environment for us to thrive in and i'm grateful that i get to be a part of that impact we call for culture so shout out to them all right let's go ahead and talk about any updates to my sustainable self-care system so updates yeah i would say the biggest update was the adjustments that i've made to those recovery modalities so integrating floating some that i had done in the past i just hadn't done in a while that was fantastic and then going to see my chiropractor so like i said shout out to dr lauren harden getting to get an adjustment right sharing what i've been doing with her and her letting me know her recommendations on ways that i can go about optimizing my body so that i can perform well on june 3rd so Shout out to, you know, those additional modalities that I've integrated into my training and I'm looking forward to like I said seeing the impact that that has throughout this final month of training and uh seeing how I feel race day. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. We can only manage what we measure. That's why we partnered with Whoop so you can get the latest and most advanced health and fitness wearable on the market for free. Not only does it monitor your recovery, sleep, training, and overall health. It also offers personalized recommendations and coaching feedback. You can finally take the guesswork out of deciding which self-care habits will actually help you feel good and function at your best. Visit join.whoop.com forward slash balance period and order your free Whoop 4.0 today. That's join.whoop.com forward slash balance period. Enjoy the rest of the show. All right. Finally, let's go ahead and talk about this week's article. So the article from this week, as I mentioned before, from Very Well, we've used this resource quite often. They have a lot of very, you know, informational articles. This was in the self-improvement section. Talked about the effects of lack of sleep on mental health, right? Effects of lack of sleep on mental health. It really talks about sleep deprivation. And there's this this piece of data, right? It says that according to the Center of Disease Control and Prevention, one third of adults in the United States report that they get less than the recommended amount of sleep each night. I truly believe that we are walking around as a sleep deprived people. And for some reason, a part of our culture is like a badge of honor to be like, I stayed up all night and did X, Y, Z. And, oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead, right? Like that's, that's a real thing. People really believe that. They really say that and they really live like that. And when I think about what I know about sleep and the impact that I know it's had on my life and how I feel and how I function, I'm just like, we're really missing out on an opportunity, right? Those of us that aren't seeking to optimize their sleep, they're missing out on an opportunity to create the conditions for their mind and body to thrive on a daily basis. And the beauty of sleep, in my opinion, is that that's normally when we're at our most vulnerable as it relates to our species. And we're not doing any intentional work. We're letting go and our bodies are taking over and our bodies are resetting themselves. I look at sleep like how we reset our computers, right? We have hardware, we have software. And when we sleep, we're resetting both our hardware and software. So we're resetting our bodily processes, right? But we're also getting that software too. 
right? We're making downloads. We're processing information, processing emotions, right? Things that we experience throughout the day. And that's where our mental health is impacted because if we aren't going through those processes that are ingrained in us to do, then we're missing out on an opportunity to promote our mental health by the sleep that we get. So it's so important to really understand what your sleep quality looks like and determine if there's ways for you to improve your quality of sleep because it is just vital to our overall well-being. So they pose this question, how does lack of sleep affect mental health? And there's some things that they talks about in the article. They talk about brain fog. They talk about mood changes, behavior changes, stress. And when I think about stress, I think about our capacity at times to experience stress and to keep our response to that stress aligned with who we want to be and what we want to accomplish. Right. So it's really just like we don't have the few, we don't have the capacity to mindfully respond to stress because we're just not there mentally. We're not all there, I should say, because we missed out on opportunities to recover from the sleep that we got. And then it talks about the impact of sleep on certain mental health conditions. So we have depression, we have anxiety, we have post-traumatic stress disorder, bipolar disorder, ADHD, eating disorders, right? These things that we oftentimes associate where they come from, from other places, we don't realize that if we just focus on improving our quality of sleep, we can help mitigate the symptoms that we experience from these various different mental health disorders that we may have, right? And it's okay to have them. It's okay for them to be a part of where you are in life right now, to be a part of your life in this season, or to be something that is just a part of who you are. But know that there are options out there that are free, that can support you in still living a, a rich and fulfilling life, even in the midst of experiencing some of these mental health disorders. Sleep, sleep is that thing, right? So definitely important to understand that. And then it also talks about getting help, right? It talks about cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. That is something that has been shown to be very effective. There are sleep studies that you can do. Um, there are over-the-counter sleep aids. I would highly recommend focusing on behaviors prior to integrating something like a supplement into your routine. And then there is sleep medicine. So I would say do that with the advisement of a, a, a sleep doctor, right, that prescribes this to you if all of those other things, right, like sleep hygiene. If you have a sleep routine, right, evening routine, you keep your conditions cool, dark, and quiet, right, you're doing all these things to create the conditions for you to get high-quality sleep and it's still not working, then I think, you know, turning to medicine is probably going to be what your best bet is, but that definitely comes from advisement of, of a doctor. Um, and then coping, right, it talks about ways to cope. It talks about limiting napping. And so if you nap too much, then it might impact your sleep. Um, establishing a nightly routine, I just talked about that. So really understanding what sleep hygiene is and integrating that into your routine. Avoid caffeine and stimulus too close to bedtime. It's really, I believe, maybe like 2 p.m., depending on when you go to bed, right? Early afternoon, if you're still consuming coffee, you're probably impacting your sleep uh, in, in a negative way. Limit alcohol. You might think, oh, alcohol helps me sleep better. But in all reality, our bodies are processing alcohol as if it was poison because it is poison. And because that's the case, our bodies aren't able to go through its regenerative and restorative processes to heal ourselves at night because we're processing the alcohol. So even though it helps you fall asleep, you're not getting nearly the amount of quality sleep that you could get if you weren't consuming alcohol prior to bed. 
and then turn off your devices, right? So really being intentional about the light that you have exposed to your eyes in the evening time, because that impacts our sleep primarily because we have hormones, which I don't know if it's a hormone, but it's melatonin that's secreted to help us ease our way into sleep. And it's impacted by light. Light triggers it. And if there's too much light, then we're not going to get nearly as much to help us ease off and stay asleep. So that's important to just be aware of the access that you have to devices and light in the evening. So that was the article from this week. Understand that sleep is vital to our overall well-being and our mental health. So if you are experiencing mental health problems, if you know individuals that may be experiencing mental health disorders, I would highly recommend, right, in addition to what you're already doing to care for yourself, truly take some time to audit the quality of sleep that you get. I recommend using a wearable device to get that information to really understand what your sleep is looking like. And then I would say take the last hour of your day to start. How are you spending the last hour leading up to bed? Integrate some of these healthy sleep hygiene habits that I talked about today and then track your sleep quality over time, right? Remember, we can only manage what we measure. So thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Wellness Wednesdays. Uh, like I said before, it's exciting to be back. I'm looking forward to next week, continuing on this journey uh, to this 50K and you know, really looking forward to finishing. I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of running. I was just having a conversation earlier in the week about that. So I'm looking forward to the race so that I can finally be done and, and go on to whatever know, next challenge or next goal I set around my fitness. So a couple of things I want to leave you with as usual. The first, remember to invest in your wellness because you are worth the investment. Continue to learn, continue to grow and develop your sustainable self-care system. Lastly, you don't have to be perfect to be great. So be patient with yourself and be kind to yourself as you travel along this journey of creating generational wellness. All you have to do in order to be the change that you want to see in your family and in your community is to get started and to keep going. So thank you once again for tuning in to this episode of Wellness Wednesdays, and I look forward to having you tune in next week for our next show. Peace.